0: You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Lord, as we engage your word, we know that we are not just engaging the teaching, theology, doctrines. We are engaging you, the almighty God who speaks, who a word can create. who had a word brings life. who had a word brings salvation. Who had a word can bring healing, restoration. So we engage you. and Jesus we know that you are the embodiment of that word. You've been since the beginning and it's and it's you, It's you that we engage as we engage Holy Scripture and these prophetic things that have been spoken over the life of our church. So have your way in us. We pray, we ask in your holy name, amen, amen. Uh, So two two weeks ago, um, Brett encouraged us on the renewing our covenant with Jesus. How many of you remember that message? You're probably at home listening because that was the week we, we shut down um, just to kind of have a COVID reset. Um, it was an amazing message. I hope you had the opportunity to see it. If you haven't, I'd really like you to go back and listen, that was a January 9th service. Um, there was an offensive thing that Brett said that I had to bring a little bit of correction to. Um, he was talking about people with torn jeans. Um, and so, um whether you've seen it or not, I have torn jeans and half of you have torn jeans. So you weren't just offending NCMI, you were offending everyone that wears torn jeans. <laughs> but as a shoe person, I just need you to know that torn shoes are more offensive to me. And so we we, we need to chip in to get Brett some new hokas, just so you guys know. And so I am going to buy Brett some hokas. I am I'm saying that because I truly am. I'm going to buy him a new pair of styling like patent leather hocus, so that they could get polished on Sunday mornings and everything. What's that? <laughs> um, no, um, I, I love the fact that we get to tease and, and kid um, his, his message on renewing our commitment to listen to this holy relationship with Jesus. Um, how many of you did resolutions? Some of you did? How many of you uh, failed and had to restart again? Anyone? (laughs) I mean, it's only, what, the 23rd of January. So just so you know, there's a consensus about this in, in our culture right now. February 1st is a new January 1st for 2022. Okay, just so you know. So January is kind of like we're not, just like we missed 20 and 2020 and 2021, you know, those years don't count. For, for 2022, January didn't really count either. So there's really only 11 months in January. So February 1st is the new January 1st for 2022. Uh, but honestly, friends, what I, I love about Jesus is we get to renew our relationship with him consistently consistently because what often happens with 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 renewing you know or, or having resolutions right we fall off the wagon or we stop doing it guilt sets in we allow that guilt to burden us and shame to burden us and then we just give up completely it cannot be that like that with jesus the price that he paid to have an intimate relationship with you was far too great for us to give up just because we failed a few times fell down scraped our knees right? This covenantal thing, like marriage, we can't just give up because we had a problem, right? We can't just throw in the towel. When when we stood and we gave our vows uh, with our spouse, we committed. There was a covenant that was made. It's one of the blood covenants that we see in scripture. It's a covenant that's made between us and our spouse, right? We don't just give up on this thing. And it's the same with our relationship with Jesus, a small problem happens. You know, we we have a back set. We fall into sin. Whatever might happen, we repent and we turn and we start again. This is what the, the the privilege we have with the grace of Jesus, oceans of grace that he has for us, right? Has your relationship with Jesus become casual in this last season? And what do I mean by casual? I don't know. You know, a casual relationship like, hey, Hi. What's up? Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, just that, that, yeah, that casualness. There's no significance to it. There's no depth to it. There's no importance or intention to the attention we not intention, not attention, attention as well. Has it become casual? How's your relationship listen with Jesus faded in this last season? Because if it has, and as Brett's reminder gave us a couple weeks ago, we need to renew our covenant with the Lord your covenant, the commitment that you made from the salvation that you received from him. Are you with me? Some of the keys that Brett gave us, number one was to seek. And you guys say seek. Uh, he, in, in, in this passage of scripture that he was given us in Chronicles, we see that Josiah, um, dur- during the eighth year of his reign, so he started as king as eight, at eight years old, as you remember, he was about 16 years old when this happened. And while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestors, David. If your relationship with Jesus has faded or if your relationship with Jesus has become casual, you need to begin to seek his face like never before. Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things will be added unto you. We seek Jesus first. And somehow it seems like we seek everything else when we're trying to get our life back on track. We seek everything else. We put Jesus in his primary place. Everything else just seems to line up. It's a supernatural thing. So the first key he gave us was seek. Uh, we see this other thing, and I added this word, but it was the same heart of what Brett shared, is revelation. Can you say revelation? In Second Chronicles chapter 34, 19, when, when the king heard what was written in the law, so when the law book was open and the words of God were revealed, he tore his clothes in despair. So when the word of God is revealed and God reveals something to us, listen, there is a response that should take place with us who are out of line with who he is. The children of Israel were out of line with who God was. They had stopped worshiping the God of their ancestors. And so when they found the book of the law, they opened it up and what their relationship was supposed to look like was revealed. And his response, right, When when it was revealed to Josiah what the nation of Israel's relationship with God was supposed to truly look like, he tore his clothes in despair. This tearing of the clothes was was a prophetic act of remorse and sorrow, right? It was a prophetic act of remorse and sorrow. But I have something to say, friends. We cannot just live in that place. I think far too many Christians, uh, can, we can find ourselves in this place of remorse and sorrow because we know our life is not lined up with who he is, right? And so we look at our relationship with Jesus and we recognize that our, our relationship with him has faded or it becomes casual or it's even non-existent. And then we, we it's revealed to us what it's truly supposed to look like. And then this remorse and sorrow comes upon us. And I'm telling you, if we allow that to wallow, It becomes guilt and shame. And those are two tools that the enemy uses, not God. God does not use guilt and shame to get you back into right relationship with him. God reveals truth and he reveals life so that you can see the truth and the life, compare it to where you are and choose life. This is not remorse and sorrow. The true response when God reveals what our relationship with him is supposed to be like should be, friends, repentance. Repentance. And so repentance in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 29 through 33, there's four verses here, and it reads like this. Then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the Levites, all the people, can you say all the people, from the greatest to the least, There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple, and the king took his place of authority besides the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence, and he pledged, listen, friends, to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. He promised to obey all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll, and he required everyone in Jerusalem and the people of Benjamin to make a similar pledge. This is powerful. The people of Jerusalem did so, renewing their covenant with God and the God of their ancestors. So, um, I'm sorry, the God of their ancestors. So Josiah, listen to this, removed all detestable idols from the entire land of Israel and required everyone to worship the Lord, their God. And throughout the rest of his lifetime, they did not turn away from the Lord, the God of their ancestors. is that amazing? That this, this repentance that took place, not just by a king, but corporately by a nation, listen, friends, starts with revelation, repentance comes, and when pe- repentance comes, we turn back to the Lord. But here's the other thing, all of those other things that got in the way of them worshiping the Lord. Those idols that were erected by the people who began to wane from uh, or or fall away from God in in the generations before were pulled down. They were destroyed, those idols that, that were alternatives to having a right relationship with their God were torn down and I think this is important for us. If we're going to renew a covenant with Jesus, We need to tear down the idols that are getting in the way of that relationship. Are you with me? Covenantal renewal requires seeking, revelation, and repentance. So questions I have, are you seeking Jesus today? Are you seeking Jesus today? I know we are in an unprecedented season. I know that life is not normal. This cannot stop us from seeking Jesus It doesn't matter what's happening in the world around us. It doesn't matter if people are falling to the left and to the right. Are you seeking Jesus? Is your relationship with him as it should be? Think about that. David, King David in the Bible, came to a place in his life where he asked the Lord, to renew the joy of his salvation. There was a place in his life where he looked at where he was. He looked at the things that he had done. He looked at some of his actions. He looked at the circumstances around him. And he began to realize that he was not in a place that he once was, a man who was called a man after God's own heart, a man who, the, who God said of him, led the people with tenderness of heart and skillful hand. One of the most amazing leaders that we see in Scripture, and yet he comes to a place in his life that he has to go back to God and says, renew to me the joy of my salvation, which means as he looked back and he saw his relationship with God, he saw that he wasn't in that place anymore, and he wanted to get back to it. And when we seek God, this is what takes place. We get back to our first love. Jesus, our first love, our primary relationship. Are you seeking Jesus in this way? And if the Lord has revealed to you that your relationship with him isn't what it should be, listen, friends, remorse and sorrow aren't enough. They're not enough. We can't just be remorseful and sorrow. We can't just be like, oh, I don't go to church like I used to. And I don't read my Bible like I used to. And, you know, I don't go to women's group and men's group like I used to. Oh, yeah. We can't do, remorse and sorrow aren't, aren't, aren't enough. They can't be enough. Because remorse and sorrow don't put us back into action to draw closer to the Lord. Scripture tells us that draw close to me and I will draw close to you. There has to be a face step towards God and God has not moved. It wasn't God who waned in our relationship. It wasn't Jesus who caused a separation between us. Remorse and sorrow aren't enough. So then the question is, have we repented? Or are we repentant? Have you turned from your ways that have hindered your relationship and turned back to him? This is what is necessary for us to be renew this covenantal relationship with God is to turn from what was and turn back to him, to turn our eyes from the circumstances, to turn our eyes from those idols. What is an idol? Charles Spurgeon said this about idols. If you love anything better than God, you are idolaters. If there is anything that you would give up for God, it is an idol. If there is anything that you seek with greater fervor than you seek the glory of God, that is your idol. And conversion means a turning from every. Idol, every idol. Each of these components, friends, are necessary for true renewal and true restoration. Seeking Jesus, right? This, a revelation from Jesus and repentance to get back into this right relationship with God. Last week, Steve Barr spoke on kingdom effectiveness i'm going to tie these two together and listen he used the building of the temple found in ezra to allow um um, these principles to to be uh, provoked um through the scriptures and so ezra chapter 3 verses 11 through 13 we read this with praise and thanks they sang this song to the lord he is so good can you say he is so good he is so good. He is faith. He, um, his faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord, uh, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. You guys remember this message from last week? If you haven't heard this one, I need you to go back and also listen to Steve Barr last week because these two messages are, I really believe, are going to be um, some foundations for us in, in this next season. But many of the old priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple. So if you remember the story that the foundations had, had now been laid in a temple that had been um, um, absolutely um, destroyed. And so after many years, they relayed the foundations for the second temple to be built. And so as this temple was being built, you obviously need to build the foundations. But those who knew the first temple actually wept. Those who had never seen the first temple because it had been destroyed for so long were celebrating like, yes, the foundations are laid. Those who were weeping knew that there was so much more, knew that there was so much more. But those who didn't know any better were just ecstatic, like, we got foundations, this is awesome, right? So, um, but many of the priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundations. The others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and weeping, and weeping mingled together in a loud noise that can be heard far in the distance. So for the older priests and Levites, it wept because they knew um, what a completed temple looked like. They had a revelation of, of what it was to see. Right, the, the completeness of God, and this was just a slab. <laughs> this, this was not. This was not a finished work. This was just a slab. The other celebrated the foundations. Listen, a slab. And and how many of you know foundations are important? How many of you believe foundations are important? When people come to your house, how many people say, "Wow, you have amazing foundations." Right. Nobody really says that. Right. Let's look at your. Your, you know, your porch, like, oh, your porch is so cute, or, you know, look at your living room, oh, I love your living room, or whatever it is, right? They look at what has been built. Foundations aren't are attractional, and, and Steve, as he was encouraging us, saying this kingdom effectiveness, there has to be stuff built on top of this foundation. Listen, foundations are of first importance. Can you say that with me? First importance. But they aren't of complete importance, Foundations are of first importance, but they aren't of complete importance. And so, so many, I believe, love the first foundations and and just stay with the foundations, and and, and that's that's where they live. And so they pitch a tent on the foundations, and they're happy with that. They're happy with a tent on the foundations. And how many of you know that Jesus has so much more for the foundations that he has laid? not just this temporary tent, right? Not, not, not just this, 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 this small thing that can be blown away by the wind and everything else, right? He has so much in store. As Christians, our salvation is the foundation for our walk with Jesus. Salvation is the foundation. Like anything built to last, this is a starting point. There must be firm foundations. And let me tell you this, we cannot build the foundations. Because if we built the foundation, we would be on shaky ground. We don't build foundations. Jesus is the foundation. He builds the foundation. How many of you believe that? And if we build upon him, as we read in Matthew, if we those who build upon the rock build on a firm foundation. And so we build on this foundation, but uh, we can celebrate the laying of the foundation, but listen, we must remember that it was Jesus who did the work, not us. We didn't do the work of laying the foundations. That was Jesus's work. You did nothing to earn it. You did nothing to pay for it. You made no sacrifice. It was all his doing. And so as these, um, in Chronicles, as they were you know, uh, celebrating the foundations, listen, that was a starting point. There was still more to come. And I believe so many just celebrate that starting point. They celebrate their salvation, and they know their self, about their salvation, and they know their starting point, but there's nothing built upon it. And I really believe in this next season, for the life of our church, and I believe for so many in this room, that this is gonna be a season of building. The foundations have been laid, and those foundations are not a thing. They are a person. His name is Jesus, and the Lord wants to start building. Jesus is building his church. How many of you believe that? Jesus is building his church. But Jesus has always used his followers as co-laborers. He's always used his followers as co-laborers. 1 Corinthians um, 3, verse 10, the Apostle Paul says this, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. We are co-laboring with Jesus in this building Matthew chapter seven, verse 24 through 27. I I referenced this verse a minute ago. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in, in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. What does that mean? It means for those of us who are building on the foundation of Jesus Though things happen in our life, circumstances happen, coronavirus happens, pandemic happens, everything else that is happening, though all those things come crashing down, we will not be shaken because we are built on a firm foundation. But the truth is, we are building on a foundation. So the question is: are you building? Are you building on that foundation? Or are you content with just pitching a tent? On a slab. Verse 26 But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds on a house on sand. And when the rain and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Anything that is not built on the foundation of Jesus will crash. Doesn't matter what it is, eternally it will crash. So my questions for us this morning, number one, is what are you building in this season? What are you building in this season? Jesus is the laid foundation for for every Christian, for every believer, every follower. If we are renewing our relationship with God and we want to be uh, effective in the the kingdom of God, right? This foundation is, is, is laid. What are we building in this season? What are you building in this season? Are you building your domestic dream? Your dream will revolve around you, your life, your career, your spouse, and your kids. Or are you building his dream? His dream will revolve around him, listen, friends, and him alone. Because anything else, listen, friends, is idolatry. For those of us who have received salvation and have declared Jesus Christ as Lord of our life, if our life is revolving around anything else other than Jesus, it's idolatry. And that's a harsh truth to take. But that will determine how we build. Because if Jesus isn't the central theme and focus of our life, then everything is revolving around something else. What is that? Because whatever that is, that's what we're building. Maybe you're building a career. Maybe you're building a family. Those are all good things. But I'm telling you, if you guys remember all those spheres that I use and I put them all together, if it's not in Christ, we are not building for Jesus. It's his dream that we should be building his dream will revolve around him and him alone. Listen, we are beneficiaries of his dream, but he is the central theme and focus. We must know that. Number two question is how are you building? That's important because we don't build like the world builds. We can't. People can't look at our lives and see what, how we're building. It's like, oh, they're just building like everyone else. Christians build different. Those who have said yes to Jesus are in a loving covenantal relationship with Jesus. Build differently. Are you building differently? Or are we trying to build like everyone else is? Are we looking at what, what our neighbors do and say, Yeah, I want to build like that? Are we looking like our coworkers are building? Say, Yeah, I want to do like that? Or are we looking at how our parents built and say, Yeah, I want to build like that? I'm telling you, friends, those things could be good, but if they are not surrounded the, around the person of Jesus, it's going to collapse. How are you building? Your dream is solely dependent on you, your strength, your passion, your skills, your energy, and your resources. His dream is solely dependent on him, on his spirit, his word, on his resources, and let me say this, friends, and his church. That's what his dream looks like. There's only one thing that Jesus is building on this planet, one thing, and it's the church. Are we a part of that? Are we a part of his dream and what he is building? Next question is who are you building for? When you look at the legacy of your life and you look at what you're gonna leave behind, who gets the glory for what you are building today? Who gets the glory for what you are building today? As others look at what you are building, are they in awe of him? Or are they in awe of you? Renewing your covenant with Jesus, I really believe helps us reset and get back in focus with these truths, friends. And I know Brett preached here to just a handful of people in here and maybe you responded at home i hope you did you've had a couple of of weeks to you know kind of allow that message to percolate inside of you and and see what happens but if you have not responded to this thing of renewing your covenant with jesus i really believe that that needs to take place sooner than later and today could be that day for you don't be satisfied with foundations. Yes, salvation was enough for your eternity, but it's not enough for your here and now. God is building something and he wants you to be a part of it. I believe it's time to build and to rebuild. I believe there are things that God has established in your life that he wants to reestablish. But I also believe that there's new things because springtime is coming and there's new things that God wants to sprout up in your life. Are you willing to let him do that? And lastly, I really believe that it's time to take ground and fight. I'm gonna read this verse um, as a precursor to next week. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 19 through 20, read like this. Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, the work is very spread out. And so in a little context with this verse, the wall around Jerusalem had been torn down and Jerusalem had had, had uh, become extremely vulnerable, right? So if you know anything about the children of Israel, um, Steve Barr. We have a quick synopsis of it last week. It was awesome. Go back and I, I I don't have it down like that, uh, but um, Nehemiah was 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 a, a, a cupbearer within the empire that had um, actually taken control over the children of Israel, and so Xerxes was was a king. And Xerxes was a king at the time. He was serving him, so he went back. He asked permission to go back to Jerusalem to repair the walls that had been torn down because they were subject to attack by all the neighboring countries. So as he goes back to repair these walls and, and to gather all the children of Israel to put, uh, to put this wall back in order so that they can once again be a secure nation, um, they see that the work was so spread out that these people had to be so vigilant while they were building. While they were building, they had to learn to be vigilant. And so here's this first here. We'll go through all that next week. Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people the work Is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Listen to this, friends. When you hear the blast of the trumpet rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. I believe that there is a trumpet sounding in the life of our church. And I believe that it is God himself who is blowing that trumpet. And I'm gonna gonna pay attention to the camera for a little bit. If Restoration LA is your church, God is blowing a trumpet. I I understand all of the circumstances around this pandemic, and I understand the fears, but I am telling you, you cannot be a part of what God is building safe and secure in your living room, not connected to the body of Christ. And so whether you're a visitor with us or whether you are part of our church and, and, and choosing to stay home for whatever circumstances, We cannot build together if we are not truly, listen friends, physically connected. It is a supernatural thing. And so for those of you who call Restoration LA, the Lord is calling you home to a physical place where we physically worship and spirit and truth united together so that we can carry on the Lord's business from this place. And so I'm calling you to come home because there is gonna be a point. I'm not threatening. This is just my heart. There's going to be a point where this plug is going to be pulled, and I need you guys to just not as, just to hear this. I know there's circumstances around every person. It's not a one-size-fits-all, but friends, we cannot use church at home as an excuse to not be connected. We, God is building something, and there is a trumpet blowing. And I'm telling you, friends, now this is back here. When God blows a trumpet, it is for every saint to rally together. We are a part of what God is building. And listen, friends, we are a part of this fight for the kingdom of God. There's this beautiful picture in Nehemiah where every person had a tool to work and a weapon. And they were rebuilding this wall and they were building with God and they were fighting. And anytime that that trumpet blew, they to, uh, you know, put down their their, their spatulas and, and begin to run with their weapons to wherever the attack was coming from. And I believe this is going to be a picture of the life of our church in this next season. We're not just going to stand still and say, oh, you know, poor them. And they're way down the lo- down the wall and they're they're fighting for their lives. But man, we got work over here. No, 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 we are going to run and we are going to fight and we are going to advance this kingdom that God has called us to because we're building his thing not ours. His thing, not ours. So I want to start with this this morning as I close this message. It starts with you and him. It starts with you and him. I don't know if your relationship with Jesus has waned in this last season. I don't know. I don't know if, if, if... if you feel detached from the Lord, if your relationship with him is, is fading, I have no idea. But I, knew, I know too many in this season who have been bogged down with the circumstances of life and have allowed those things to cause their faith to win. And the only way that that thing is renewed is by proximity to Jesus himself. Renew your, renewing your covenant with Jesus is a very personal thing. It's not a corporate thing. It's a personal thing. It's a commitment that you are making to the Lord. And I believe it's so important in the life of the church. And so if you feel like you need to renew that covenant with God, I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes. And Pam, if you want to come up, you can. Hopefully you've had a couple weeks to respond to this question. But if your covenant with Jesus need to be renewed and you know it, I'm just going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. You standing and saying, Lord, I need, I need to renew my covenant with you, my relationship with you, because it needs to be about you. It needs to be about your dream for my life. I've allowed too many things to distract me, pull me away. Today, I want to I want to seek you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you're at home today, you can do this as well, right where you're at. Right where you're at. Is there? This girl. I'm not sure. she's got a demon in her are you guys gonna lay hands on my hand? Lord thank you for those who are standing and thank you for those of us who have already stood I know that we need to go back to our first love I love for you knowing that you loved us first Lord, I pray for all those things, those tools the enemy would use, Lord, to shame us from making this stand this morning. Guilt and shame. Lord, I rebuke those things, those two tools that the enemy has used far too long to hinder your children from getting closer to you. Lord, those who are standing, men and women, Lord, I pray that their heart, their heart is to know you more and their heart is also to be so vulnerable that you will know them through and through, God. They will allow you to see them for who they are, where they are. Say, here I am, Lord. I want to renew my covenant with you where I am. Lord, as you reveal to them, as you shine down on them, and as you show them pictures and glimpses of the relationship that you have in store, Lord, this this this, this connection that you have in store, this, this love that you have in store for them. Lord, I pray it begins to spark joy. I pray it begins to spark new vision. I also pray that it it sparks repentance, God. Repentance for the things that we've allowed to come between us. Any idol, any fear. And as you begin to restore and rebuild, God, I pray that faith faith will rise. Faith will rise that there's no there's no time that needs to be made up. We get to start new today. Your mercies are new every morning. We don't have to make up for lost time. We don't have to make up for what was. We get to start building today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray we will learn to trust you more deeply. I pray we will begin to be fearless. Fearless in our pursuit of you. Fearless in our, our pursuit for your dream. love you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Let's give Jesus praise this morning. I really believe a trumpet sounding, and a lot of times for maybe those of us who have been in the fight, we think like, yeah, that trumpet, we need more workers, you know? <laughs> that trumpet is also a realignment. I also believe in this next season the Lord is wanting us to position ourselves in more effective places. And what I mean by that is maybe you haven't been in the most effective place for you. You know, maybe you've been you've been giving yourself to to godly things, but you're not just you're not effective in those areas. And the Lord is just wanting a realignment. Like listen, you know, maybe you're not a, a bow and arrow person. Maybe you're a sword person. <laughs> or, you're, or maybe, you know, you're you're not a you're not a, you know, a spatula person. Maybe you're a boulder person. You, you, I hope you get what I'm trying to say. And I really think that that's awesome that we get to allow God to show us like, hey, maybe we've been giving ourselves to the wrong things. And maybe that's why we haven't been as effective And that's going to be my prayer for us as well in this next season, that we are giving ourselves to the most effective things and how God has created us. Each and every one of you is fearfully and wonderfully made. And each and every one of you is a vital part to the life of a local church. And you have abilities and giftings that are added to a local body that help us build this thing that Jesus is building. And friends, I want you to be effective at it. And I want you to be whistling while you work. And I know a lot of times it doesn't feel like that. You know, moms and dads, I mean, the joy of our life is to bring, raise kids. But a lot of times we're not whistling while we're doing that. It's not an easy thing. But when we're effective, I'm telling you, friends, we see it. Ground is taken. Ground is taken. The kingdom of God is advanced. How many of you want to see that? No, how many of you really want to see that? Awesome. Hey we love you guys. Um, please don't forget what's what's ahead next week we are having our worship night. It starts at 5 p.m. Please come first and foremost ready to worship Jesus come together um, and if you're able and willing bring bring a meal to share. Um, bring some some good stuff that that uh, you would prepare if guests were coming over All right? Sound good. All right love you guys. Oh I'm sorry I got an announcement. don't leave. You can leave Kim. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, thanks, babe. Um, next week, we, we we have all kinds of stuff happening, sorry. But next week, we are going to be praying for Ezekiel because we are sending him to Chicago. Um, so it will be his last Sunday um, with us as a church. And I don't know if forever, but definitely for a significant time. And so the Lord has opened up doors for him to, to be based at, at Anthem Church and um we are definitely going to miss him but why we are announcing today um is because we are going to be praying for him and sending him as we send him i would love for you guys any one of you o- over this next week if you have any words for him if you have any encouragement for him uh, if you guys can prepare those things so that you can offer those to him as we send him out so um in this building and sending um it's it's a it's a crazy dynamic of the kingdom friends so I'm mean, sending the Patricks, um, sending Ezekiel. I mean, we really believe that we're, we're sowing our best um, out there into the kingdom of God. And I, I know everyone gets scared like, hey, we all can't plant churches and we all can't leave. And no, because we, some of us have to stay and build. Um, and as the Patricks build, built with us and as Ezekiel has built with us, uh, we believe that God does call and send people out. And uh, we are excited about what the Lord has for him. Um, although we are going to miss him. We know that we are sending him to an amazing place um, that is going to utilize him and his giftings. And so, um, yeah, that's next week we are going to do that. So I just wanted to announce that today so that you guys can prepare words and um, prepare your hearts to say goodbye. He's meant so much, obviously, to to me as a dad and to Vanessa, um, but to us as a church. Um, he, he's a church planter. He helped us plant this church. When we started, it was us and... Martels and you added after that, and um, but it's it's an amazing thing to be able to send our kids into the nations, and so um, when you build this way, um, it sometimes it's like it sucks when it happens, but it, what do you expect when that's how you build, right? Um, but we are excited about it. So, Amen. So you don't have to say goodbye today or anything like that. It, it, um, we're we'll pray them out on Sunday. Uh, we have time to celebrate over fellowship that whole day. And then Monday morning, him and I are heading out to Chicago in a car. So you guys pray for us. I pray for him. Um, (laughs) So, hey, love you guys. Um, See you guys soon. Bye-bye.